Lavender Fables presents The Author's Anathema, Chapter 4, Silence. I haven't... I haven't been doing well. I don't even know if I want to be here right now. I mean, there's the, uh, contract. <sighs> I tried to look Jess up on the internet. I don't have social media, so I used Eleanor's accounts, but... Well, first of all, I would be a shitty stalker, as I don't know how Facebook works, or any of it, really. And also, I probably should have remembered her last name must have changed when she got married. I never really knew the upperclassmen, especially the sports fanatics, so I don't know the name of the guy she married. Um, Timothy? N no, I don't know. I just, just hung out in different <sighs> crowds. Sorry, rambling and yawning. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, these stories, they're starting to get to me. I have no clue who listens to these once I send the file off. But you've got to understand that this is weird, and I hate that I just can't stop. I need to know who's behind this, who wrote these personal stories. I don't just need to know who, but why? Why are they all about someone I know? curiosity. It kills cats. Let's just hope I'm not another one of its victims. Chapter 4 Silence There was a darkness that engulfed the family as they walked, ducking under low-hanging branches, stepping over roots that protruded from the ground, the shade the trees offered was appreciated, as the eldest sister felt as though she had been walking for hours. She had no concept of time, being the lively age of six. In truth, the family had only been on the trail for roughly half an hour. Her little sister, being the lively age of two, was carried in her father's arms. The mother walked ahead, each step taken with deliberation. Are we there yet? the eldest sister asked. She felt moisture building underneath her hair, trickles of sweat dripping down her neck. Yes, nearly, the mother said. She paused and turned to her family. Can you hear it? Everyone paused then, and the big sister strained herself, placing a hand behind her ear. The sound was closer now, noticeably more audible than before. The rushing water, nature static. The waterfall. They were close. Yes, the sister exclaimed. The little girl, still in her father's arms, nodded. The mother smiled at her daughters, then turned to walk. The wind whispered while the water flowed and the family marched onward. I'm tired, whined the big sister. Can you carry me? No, you are too old for that now. You're a big girl, remember? Her mother's words lingered in the sister's brain. She frowned. 
Seconds passed, and the family stayed silent as they walked. Dried leaves from the previous fall crunched underneath their footsteps. The sister bounced from foot to foot, stomping on the leaves she thought would make the most satisfying crackle. The girl watched her sister from over her father's shoulders. Finally, after what felt like ages to the children, they arrived at the waterfall. It was not very large, but large enough to cover the surrounding area with its rumbling. The water looked clean and cool. The sister was already tearing off her tennis shoes and running toward the stream. After setting the girl down and helping her out of her sandals, the father dug into his backpack to pull out a beer. The mother held the young girl's hand and walked her into the shallow portion of the water, sand squishing beneath her toes. The big sister waded further until her knees were soaked beneath the water. She found a rock that sat in the middle of the rushing water, so she climbed and sat atop its dry surface, legs dangling into the stream. She watched as her mother went to join her father over near the shores. The girl splashed and stomped her feet over by the shore. The sister smiled. Sunlight illuminated the rock she sat on, its surface warm compared to the chilly mountain stream water. The sister lay flat on the rock, basking in the warmth. She heard the girl giggle. She heard her parents chatting. Most of all, she heard the waterfall, cascading and tumbling, the rushing water, nature static. A dragonfly zipped by. A slight breeze picked up. The sister closed her eyes. She imagined herself to be a snake, one full of venom and snark. She wouldn't bite, though, she imagined, because she was calm, relaxed. She kept her eyes closed, listening to nature's melody and the chatter of her parents nearby. To this day, the sister is unsure of how much time passed. The sister is unsure if she fell asleep. The sister is unsure of so many things. She heard her mother first, calling out the girl's name. The big sister opened her eyes but immediately regretted it. The sunlight caused her vision to turn hazy with muted colors everywhere around her. She sat up anyway, turning towards her mother. Her back was stiff from her time on the rock, and she stretched. Once again, the mother called for the girl. The sister glanced towards the shallow area of water where she last saw the girl splashing. The water rippled, but the girl wasn't there. She felt the slight panic rise in her chest before she even registered what was wrong. Her mother, now frantic, began screaming out the girl's name, nudging the father to his feet. The big sister stood as well, her eyes sweeping around the stream, looking for any sign of the girl. The mother yelled something at the father, sprinting towards the trail and back into the woods. The father, ever the slow mover, took off downstream. The sister heard them calling, the mother's panicked voice slowly becoming less audible as she moved away. The father's stern tone started to blend in with the bird song. The sister, still perched on the rock, listened. Nature's melody was comforting. Buzzing bees and singing birds. The waterfall tumbled behind her. The sister thought, if she listened hard enough, she could hear the crackling of leaves and the snaps of twigs as something walked. A bear, she thought. It must have been a bear. The sister called out the young girl's name, just once. Just enough to feel like she was helping. There was still a bit of dread that had settled into her chest, 
but the sister tried her best to ignore it. She was the oldest and the bravest. She imagined herself to be a lion, one full of pride and courage. But as the girl's name left her lips, the birds stopped singing. The bees did not buzz. And the waterfall, while its movement continued, not a single drop of water could be heard. The sister brought her arms to her chest. Something was nearby. Something that was not a member of her family. Where did they go? A voice asked. It was sharp, and it surrounded the sister from her place on the rock. She felt her bravery shrink into her chest. They're looking for my sister. She's gone. Her voice was quiet in comparison. Where did she go? The big sister turned around, scanning the woods for the source of the voice. When she found no one, she tried to find the strength to reply. I... I'm not supposed to talk to strangers. I'm not a stranger, the voice replied immediately. The sister did not answer, so the voice spoke again. I've been watching you for years now. The big sister imagined herself to be small like a mouse, quiet and quick, hard to catch. She felt so very small. The sister still did not reply. The voice filled the silence. It's probably for the best your sister has gone. That's a horrible thing to say, the sister spat out. Off in the distance, she heard a leaf crunch. The voice shushed her, and suddenly the sister could not speak, but she wanted to scream. She reached her fingertips up to touch her lips, but she found none. Where her mouth should be, there was nothing. Tears fell down her cheeks as she tried to yell for her mother. Her scream was muffled, just like the rest of the surroundings. She was silent. Good children, listen. Did they not teach you that? The voice was deafening. The sister felt it prickling her ear. It was right next to her, whispering now. But nothing was there. She was alone on her rock, surrounded by the voice and the rushing water. Your parents are worse than I thought, the voice hummed, and there was another snapping twig out in the woods. I need you to listen. And so the big sister listened. Hmm... Interesting. I thought you were the one I was looking for, spoke the voice, as a soundless breeze whipped the sister's hair in front of her face. But look at you. You are so frightened. The voice laughed. Your sister, the youngling, she is promising, unlike you. Tears continued tumbling down the sister's cheeks. She was shaking doing her best to take a deep breath through her nostrils. Is that why your parents took off? Because they know you'll never amount to anything? But that girl, so young, so bright, everyone feels it, even you. She is very promising. The fear the sister felt was changing into something darker, something more sinister, something the sister had no words for even if she could speak. But the big sister knew what the voice meant. She saw the way her mother cooed over her younger sister. She saw the way her father tried to engage with the family more. 
He still struggled, but he was trying. Still, the little girl was the center of it all. She was admired and adored. The sister felt it always. She loved them, but she felt so unloved by them. Did she feel that way before the voice spoke to her? Were the words true? Everything was so confusing being the lifeless age of six. Her heart ached. The sister continued to cry, a crunch of leaves in the distance. The voice was silent for a moment more, letting the sister revel in her feelings until finally it spoke. There is something dark within her. You as well, I suppose, but at least she has potential. There was rustling in the woods. Whatever it was, it was the only noise for miles, and it was close. The big sister stood on her rocks, spotlighted by the sunlight, and watched as the girl came waddling out of the forest. The sister felt her instincts kick in, once frozen by fear but now spurred into action at the sight of the girl. The sister's mouth, still non-existent, muffled her cries. She wanted to scream. They left me for you, the sister thought towards the girl. They love you so much. The sister waded through the stream and onto the shore. At the sight of the sister, the little girl smiled widely. The eldest sister could not smile, but she wouldn't even if she was able. She was angry, afraid, and jealous. The girl laughed and pointed at her sister with an innocent fondness. The sister picked up a rock as she continued moving. The voice, who was no longer a stranger by any means, watched. But the voice was tired of observing. The voice knew how this was going to end. The big sister made it to the girl and lifted the rock above her head. The girl smiled upwards and moved her sticky toddler fingers up to try and touch where her sister's mouth should be. The eldest was tired of being overlooked. She was just six, but she knew it would never change. The sister started to swing down, but before the rock made contact with the girl's skull, the sister was thrown, tossed to the side as if she was nothing, which is just how she felt. The sister landed on the ground, her back crashing into the dirt. Looming over the sister was someone? Something? Not just looming, but grabbing her neck, applying pressure, squeezing until the sister felt hardly any breath coming out of her nostrils. Do not harm her, the voice said, coming from the figure gripping the sister's neck. I will not fail again. The voice was scratchy, laced with emotion. The sister clawed at the thing holding her to the ground, but her vision was turning white and she couldn't focus, not to mention the figure was unnaturally strong, holding her in place with just one arm. Oh my god, it came from somewhere in the woods behind the sister, not from the figure pinning her down. The mother. All at once, nature's melody was back. The bees buzzed by, the birds chattered in the trees. The waterfall became loud. The sister had a mouth, with which she gulped in much-needed air. 
There was no figure, there was no voice, minding her mother screaming for her father and rushing towards the pair of siblings. The sister sat up, her entire body trembling. The girl was swooped up into her mother's arms, and the mother sighed with relief. The father came running up a moment later and he looked glad for once, glad to see the girl safe. The three of them hugged and the mother cooed, reminding the girl that she was safe. The sister sat, watching the reunion, silently sobbing. The sister sat, quiet as a mouse. It was about Naomi. The story? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm coming to get you. What? Give me, like, ten minutes and I'll be there. Why? Jesus, Natalie, because you're not yourself. You haven't been sleeping. You get so agitated. But when I ask you what's wrong, you just space out. You were letting these stories get in your head, and I know you believe that they're all about you, but Nat, it, it's starting to worry me. I'm worried about you, so I'm coming to get you. Okay. And I I want you to stop recording the audiobook. Wait, what? It's become obsessive, Natalie, and I want you to be okay. I am okay. Did you not just hear any of the things I said? But the contract. Forget the stupid contract. Your mental well-being comes first. But I can't, Eleanor. You can't? Or are you choosing not to? Fine. Look, at least record it at home with me close by. That way, if things go south, I'm there to help, okay? Can we try that? I have some old microphones in the hallway closet I used to use to record music. You can use those and do everything here. Okay. Okay, good. I'll be there soon. Okay. Oh, oops. Sorry. The Author's Anathema is a fictional horror podcast distributed by Lavender Fables. The part of Natalie Thurmond was played by Elowen Ketch. The part of Eleanor Watson was played by Cassidy Elliott. Today's episode was written by Cassidy Elliott with music and sound design by Elowen Ketch. Thank you for listening to The Author's Anathema. For more information, follow us on Twitter at Author's Anathema or on Instagram at The Author's Anathema.